0: Hello everyone. Welcome to episode ninety-seven of the stallion Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman, and I'm Jamie Barnes. Oh, Jamie Barnes is here. Okay, he was here last week, and I fucked up. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. I had I had it scheduled, and uh, apparently, I didn't have it scheduled. So he was very nice. We recorded half the podcast, and then we got kicked out, and we talked for about thirty minutes, and he. Came back to NetSuite, so that was very nice of you oh, yeah. to come back. But we got a little, we got all the intros out of the way, so now yeah. we can now we can just get straight into the magic. Oh yeah! Oh, and plus, it allowed us to go. Yvonne and I went on a Friday to What the Fries. So before Jamie Barnes, co-owner of What the Fries food truck and uh, co-founder of Soul Food Sessions. Uh, if you don't know him, he's a man, and we. <laughs> We went to his food truck on Friday. Resident culture had the longest line. Oh yeah, of any <laughs> food truck, and the dumpling lady was there too, which oh, is yeah, a, which yeah. is a pretty big <laughs> compliment. Yeah, she always does great too. She had a long line too, but yours was yours was the longest, <laughs> and uh it was really good. Yeah,
1: cool, cool. Thank you.
0: All right, so we'll so let's kind of start at the beginning. So. Take us back. How'd you get into food? Oh, (laughs) Um,
1: getting into food, uh, it started with the, uh, just the the regular interest that everyone would have if they see their grandmother and mother, family members cooking. Usually uh, the largest amounts of cooking would be done in holidays. So Thanksgiving, you know, everyone is in the kitchen, so many different dishes. And uh, so just always seeing it having a slight interest in it, but always being young and just being told to get out of the way, get out of the kitchen. So didn't really get a chance to do too many things until I was a little older, and that's when I, I started watching Food Network, started watching Emerald Lagasse every day coming home from school, seeing Emerald Lagasse. He had like 20 shows on the channel. so it was He just, was the Food Network yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, pretty much. You know, there wasn't... All of these different other chefs up there and reality shows, it was just Emerald. So just getting into that and watching him, being intrigued, seeing that he is an actual celebrity, being a chef, you know, it um, just meant more than just a cook in a kitchen. You know, he had a personality, character about himself, cooking looked cool when
0: yeah. he was doing <laughs> it.
1: So it just uh, it, I just grasped to it and um, canceled all of my plans of being like an automotive engineering person that I was going to school for and switched everything to culinary. And uh, at the time, I was in Virginia, where I live, and uh, we had a Johnson & Wales in Hampton, Virginia, but um, it was coming to an end. So it was closing its campus, building a new campus in Charlotte. So I just hung on for like another year, worked, Odd jobs here and there, and then moved on to Charlotte when that when this camp opened open. And that was '04, and I've been in Charlotte ever since.
0: What uh What's an early
1: dish that you remember your mom or grandma making? Like, what's uh, your favorite? When uh, you... it's, it's always gonna be comfort foods. Uh, that was big with my family. Uh, big pot of soup that would last all week. Big pot of baked pasta, baked spaghetti. Last all week, things like that. So, those would be some of the more earlier dishes that I saw a lot that I can memorize by just peeking in and seeing them preparing it. So, it would be like those one pot dishes type things. So,
0: and when you go home, like what's the one thing you
1: asked your mom to make or your grandma? <laughs> uh, it would be, um, probably, uh, probably spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's very simple, but it it does. Make me remember. Does know, she make the spaghetti from scratch, or does she buy the spaghetti? Oh, it, it was bought. <laughs> it, it was all, yeah, all store-bought, but it was, it was put together, maybe a couple of things added into it, but, yeah, it was all store-bought.
0: She added her special magic Yeah, in there. yeah. All right, so, so you graduate Johnson & Wales, and then where do you go work?
1: Uh, after, while I was in school, I worked at a, the place is no longer around now, but it was Sonoma Kitchen. It was on Trade Street. uh, That's where Keen's Kitchen is. Yes. Yep. And uh, I started there as dishwasher, small prep. And then uh, the Harper's Restaurant Group bought Sonoma Kitchen and kept the staff there. So we stayed there and switched to a wine bar called Arpa. And it was um, Spanish tapas, small dishes, and, you know, I was able to be garmanje and learn a whole lot there, and after a little while, we had an executive chef change, and then they noticed I had been working there for about two years, I knew every station, so that's when I was given a sous chef job. So ARPA was my first sous chef job under uh, Chef Anthony Soriano, and um, just learned a lot there. That that was uh, the first four years of my culinary career were pretty much all there, and sous chef, and after a while, you know, I just got the feeling of wanting to get a change. I never had any issue there, I just wanted to know more than Mediterranean food, or more than tapas food, because I kind of stayed with Mediterranean at my next job, because I switched to go to uh, Ilios Noche, with uh, the Greek food, so it was all pretty much similar Mediterranean-style food, but... A whole lot of different things. Is everything was different there, but it was all a good learning experience with them.
0: So, what was the biggest difference transitioning from school to work
1: um, that they didn't teach you in school? Pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Um, just all of the techniques that you learn in school, the key phrases. Methods, it's all going out the window. You <laughs> get into a restaurant, nobody's asking you what a mother sauce mm-hmm. is, and to name mm-hmm. this cooking style, and nobody's doing. it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally no, you no, know, no exact temperature to put something in the oven. There's no exact time. You know, it's how long do I keep this focaccia in the oven when it's done? That's pretty much <laughs> it. And so you just have to start getting a feel for things, learning it and get out of the zone of school, because school teaches you structure, and it does teach you basics, knife skills, but as far as getting into the real world, you know, first day in the kitchen, you're you're looking around, you're wondering, when is the break? When's lunch break? <laughs> there is no lunch break. You know, it's, you have two minutes to grab a plate, mm-hmm. put everything in the plate, eat it real fast, standing up, and come back to the line, you know, it's there's no 30-minute lunch breaks. There's none of this relaxed time, you know. It's prep. <laughs> get your food ready. Mm-hmm. You know. Sometimes you're working with people; they're not friendly. You know. You have some disgruntled chefs that are a little older, and you know they're just like, you know, get away from me. I'm not. I'm not here to train. Not here to train you and teach you. You know. So you go through all of that. So it's. But it is a great learning experience because it it teaches you a lot for your future. But it's tough, though. It is tough. I'm, I'm glad that I did jump into the restaurants while I was in school versus jumping into them after, like, fully done with school because it boosted me up a little bit to know what I'm expecting. Okay,
0: so you're, so you're at no Noches. Yeah. So what's the biggest difference between there and uh,
1: Arpo or Arpa? Um, I would say. Um, what is the word I'm looking for?
0: Uh <laughs> You can curse on here, it's cool. Oh, That's no. explicit. <laughs>
1: um like the um the hurriness of it and the uh aggressiveness. Aggressive is the word I'm looking for. Uh it was a very relaxed environment, but Friday night, Saturday night, um the place is packed and it's it's pretty aggressive. It's you know it is uh that was the first open kitchen I worked in. You know, the other ones I'm hidden behind the scenes and, you know, not seeing the customers' faces. This was, wow, everybody right here looking at me, looking at the whole line. You know, we're having to conduct ourselves a different way than a closed kitchen. So, you know, the people sitting down in, in the restaurant, they can see the panic in the, in the staff's <laughs> face. You know, tickets are coming nonstop. They see us moving. It all affects you. takes a while to get used to, but um, it, it was pretty good, pretty good. I don't have any complaints about the, the owners there. They were always very hands-on. Um, the guy, uh, Stratos, big personality, but very, very cool people. Uh, I still go to some of their restaurants now and uh, talk with uh, one of the other co-owners, uh, Frank. Uh, he's, he's the pastry chef, amazing guy, down at... Uh, He's always at Big View Diner, and my family we go there a lot. So, still keeping in touch with those guys, and they're really good people. But it was it was quite a difference for me, <laughs> being somewhere where I was so comfortable for so long, all those years, to jumping into this, and it's like whew, everything's in your face. But it was good experience. So. And this is where you met your wife, right? Um, around this time, she I met her towards the end of when I was leaving Arpa. And then uh, around the time of making this change here, when we started getting more serious and dating a little more then. (laughs) But, yeah, that was it. And then after, it was no chase. Um, With my wife for a short time. And uh, at the time, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend. And uh, we were serious. And she had a job offer she couldn't refuse in Northern (laughs) Virginia. So... It started with her, that's where her family is at, so it started with her just moving home with her mother, and we're going to do this long-distance relationship, see how it can work. Really didn't understand how it could work, but <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we tried it out.
0: Newsflash, they don't work. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, we learned the hard way. It, it, it was not working for either one of us. She was miserable, especially being you know going from being on your own to moving back in with your mother, so Yeah, yeah. Calling t- Calling <laughs> you
0: Why aren't you home <laughs> yeah. That happened to me When oh, I moved yeah. back here Yeah I was I lived in New York For seven years And I came back And lived with my mom So I was gonna save up Some money to buy a yeah. place And one Sunday, I went to a movie at like 6 p.m. And she called like every family member asking where I was from. (laughs) And the next day, I called a realtor. I was like, I have to get out of here. (laughs) I don't care where it is. (laughs) It could be under under a bridge. We have to leave.
1: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. It's just a change. You know, it's not where everything is terrible, but it's just such a change for you being back home. Yeah. But um, I made the effort to... uh, to show her, you know, I am interested in the future with her. So <laughs> I dropped my job, my sous chef job. I was making pretty good money to go out there with nothing. You know, I had a couple of calls from people here, references, trying to help me out. But uh really went there blind, you know, not with an exact job. And um, But I moved up there. We got an apartment, and we made things work. I eventually got a job... Uh, it took me a little bit of uh, doing stages at different restaurants, and, you know, I learned quickly that I wasn't a fan of the French Brigade system. <laughs> so that, job, that one went out the way. Uh, a hotel out there, wasn't a fan of that, that system with the hotels. It was just so crazy. I worked at a, a um, food networky type celebrity chef place. Um, it was uh, Jose Andres uh, Zantinha. In D.C., and at the time, top chef guy uh, Mike Isabella was a chef, so there was cameras in there every day, (laughs) people coming for interviews. It was just a very different vibe, but uh, I eventually found a job uh, outside of D.C. Once I stepped out of D.C., things were a little more my pace, and I worked uh, as the kitchen manager at a a family-owned restaurant called Foxfire Grill It's in Alexandria, so um, I stayed there for about two years until Charlotte called again, and my wife- Hello, it's me. Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. So my wife brought us back to Charlotte, and that would be uh, 09. And That was right after we got married. So we were married. Uh, we drove up here to get married in Myrtle Beach, and I think that's kind of what made us homesick, being back in the Carolinas for the wedding. Then going back to Northern Virginia and just, you know, you know, we miss all of our family and friends, and it was good vibe back down there. So her getting an offer for Charlotte just made sense for us to come on back. So since then we've been here and just been working. And
0: all right, so when you came back to Charlotte, where did you start working?
1: Um, I went for a little while of uh, no job because it's, it's very hard, you know,
0: well, especially then, that was right during the recession. Yeah, like, oh yeah. restaurants was, weren't hiring. Yeah, it was, it's not like now where you can yeah, be. It's I could jobs, go work yeah. at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. No one would. I don't know why anyone would hire me. But
1: <laughs> there, there definitely wasn't this many restaurants like the style of cooking that I was into. But uh, now, now it's so different. But back then, it was tough, you know. And it was uh, to the point of you know I. I had a little bit of uh, a chip on my shoulder because I'm like, you know, I was a sous chef and I've done all this. Why do I have to be a line cook again? <laughs> I, I didn't want to start back from scratch. But, yeah. you know, I had to. So I eventually I got a got a job at a small place. I don't even want to name what it. Was. <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't even talk about that place. It doesn't exist anymore, and it was very short-lived. But, uh, but uh, after that, I got a job with a place called Shad's Landing, and it's a retirement facility. Yeah. And I was given, like, free reign to do my own thing as a sous chef there. So, you know, it was different. Cooking for, you know, elderly people, they kind of... They either hated it, or they really loved it. And there's no in between. Yeah. You know? it, it was good. It was yeah. cool to do. I what is this? To... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it was good. I, I was able to get out of there, at, you know before four o'clock every day, which was a change because I'm used to being late night in kitchens cleaning. And Old people eat early. That's yeah.
0: good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it, it was good, but uh, I just missed. The kitchen life And the life that I complained about so much I did miss it So I went to the country club a Valentine Country Club Back with uh, Chef Anthony Soriano And we worked I worked there until Worked there for about Three years until I Got the food truck buzz And So how So how did you get the food truck buzz uh, <laughs> Long story short A failed attempt at Food Network At the Great Food Truck Race, um, myself and two others, one of the other persons was uh, Greg Williams, the co-owner of the Food Truck Now. We all auditioned for the show. We made it. We did Skype interviews with executives. They loved us. So the Food Network executives loved us, wanted us on the show, and we had to be approved by the actual show executives. And they had ten food trucks, needed eight for the show, so you know we didn't make that final cut. So it kind of bummed us out for, for quite a while. And uh, the premise of the show back then was they were going to give you a truck, and you use the truck for the show's purpose. If you want the show, you can keep the truck. So that was our whole driving force because... Having money for the food truck, it just wasn't around. You know, we were all working, have families. But that was going to be a great way to get it. (laughs) You know, we felt positive about French fries. We were like, you know, we could probably win. So So how would you come up with the French fry concept? uh, I was just sitting around like, so we have to give them a thing. So what are we going to do? And fries came up. Uh, We had thought about all types of stuff, you know. Thought about pizza. But then we're like, oh, you know, Charlotte, you know, you got wings up at the time. You got Librettos. You got other pizza trucks, you know. We, we, we just thought, we ran through the list of everything. Then, you know, we were like, what about fries? Like, only fries. And, you know, it just stuck because we were like, everyone loves fries. And you can throw a lot of shit on top of fries. <laughs> and people are going to love it. So that's pretty much what, what we stuck with. You know, we had... In our early stages, we were putting fried eggs and cheese and just everything, every all types of different things on top of these fries. And it was just like, it, it sounds weird on paper, but it all made sense. So, like, let's just roll with this and see where it could go. And once the TV show didn't work out, we had been posting online, and we were kind of getting a good feedback from people. And a lot of it was me lying. I was lying online, <laughs> like... You know, food truck coming soon? There was no food truck coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just me trying to talk and see if people were, <laughs> would be interested in this truck. So it was, you If know... you say it enough
0: online, it <laughs> will come true. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it was just that. It was me seeing, you know, throwing it out there, seeing if there would be a buzz or an interest in it. And, you know, I started, I started a whole page for the truck with no truck in sight. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just like, what the fries, food truck coming soon. And I would be, I would post pictures that we were cooking at home. And it was getting a lot of likes, a lot of mentions. People would be commenting. And, oh, when's the truck coming? So it started giving us a push, like, maybe this might work. And, you know, we we uh, started doing caterings. And we did some weddings. And we did, we would do small events And but it would never be fries, and no one could understand what our name was for.
0: (laughs) So you would do do catering under what the fries? Yeah, but they'd be like, "There's no fries." Roast beef, (laughs) potatoes.
1: You know, there's never any fries anywhere. So everyone's just like, "So what? What is what the fries?" And you know, we're just like, "It's a truck that we're working on." You know, but it'll have fries on the truck. But right now, it's just whatever you want. Because right, we're just like. Any any catering that you want, we'll do it. We didn't have a menu. We were just like, what do you want? We'll do it because we just need to do something. So that's how we were doing it for a while until uh, Nikki Wolf with Yelp contacted us for an event, and it was a free event. We didn't get paid one cent for it, but we were able to come into this event with some tabletop fryers and fry off some fries in batches. We had different ketchups, a couple of cheese sauces, things like that. And that was our first time trying it out to a mass group of people and seeing does this really work? And, and it, it did work. You know, it, was, it was pretty cool. We felt great after it. That led to us doing pop ups at Lenny Boy. You know, he would let us use his facilities. We'd have tabletop fryers and we were selling wings. Fries, everything was rolling good, so that's when they started coming in like, All right, let's reach out to family to help us get this food truck because I think it could work. So, family help. And what year is this? That's 2015. Okay, yep,
0: so, so, so 15. You call all your parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Say, we'll, we'll pay you back in two weeks. Don't
1: worry. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a lot of, lot of uh, we'll pay you back, we'll, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, I'll never ask you for anything. Then, <laughs> you know? But uh, we were able to scrape together a big chunk of it. Uh, I had got a small amount of money from my grandfather, and that's what we were using to pay. That money went so fast. We were using it to pay rent at the city catch, but we were paying more for rent than we were for what, what we were actually making in the whole month. So it was just a struggle, you know, but uh, so we had so much help from family and, you know, once things started looking like it could be for real, you know, we found a truck online, a, a FedEx truck. Yeah, oh, it was, it's a FedEx truck? Yeah, yeah it was a just oh, that's old awesome. FedEx truck. I it didn't was, know that. Um, man, it was Did like, it have anything cool in the truck from like <laughs> no, FedEx? it had nothing in the <laughs> truck. It was very beat up. It was 1986 FedEx truck, beat up. Um, all we needed to see is that it would crank up. We went up there, they cranked it up, and we were like, okay, we want it. And it was $5,000. We are like, here you go. We couldn't give it to them fast enough. And uh, we didn't really get it checked out, <laughs> nothing. Was, so that came to bite us in the end not ever getting the check really looked at and you know, never got the truck looked at. So that bit us in the end, but we were just so pumped up to have a truck. And then the build-out just came from going back and begging, you know, family members, asking money. I, my grandfather gave me a large chunk to, for the build-out, and then we just went, went forward. Uh, family helped all at the beginning, you know, everyone working on the truck, Everyone's mom's working and you still have everyone
0: who works on the truck is all
1: related. Yeah. Yeah We have a we have a few people that help us now that are just good friends, but majority of all the help is family. You know, we have uh, aunts sisters, so My wife does a lot of the marketing and things for us. So That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Okay. So when so when's the first What's your first food truck event? When did you roll out the FedEx truck? (laughs)
1: <laughs> our first event was uh, at Unknown Brewery. That was our first ever time going out. And this is in 15? Yeah. And then, yeah. so, what was the first day like? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, people always say the word surreal, but that's exactly what it was. We, uh, it's like, we still we had to start at uh, maybe like five or six, and it's like, the first tickets are gone, and it's just not feeling real, it you're just like... You're handing out some fries. People walk off with them. They're eating them. It's just you're still not hitting. No you. one's dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, at that point, it's like I think we had such a comfort because our whole family was there. You know, my mom came from Virginia. She was here. My kids are out there. Greg's mom and dad are there. My wife is here. Just
0: see, that's awesome.
1: Everyone was there, so it took a little stress off of it. But there was just a moment where we got. Little, little busy because you know we weren't busy our first day, but you know we had maybe six tickets at once, and, and then we look at each other and we're like, you know, this this is real, like it just hit you like, okay, we are actually in the food truck business. So, <laughs> and the whole first day it didn't even hit us. It didn't hit us until a few weeks later at the Tarba Fest. That's our first Rock day Hill, Rock Hill baby, yeah, in that. And that's when it hit us, like, holy shit. Like, this, this is a busy environment on a food truck. It's hot on the truck. Um, people aren't willing to listen and wait. You know, some people are angry. And it's all of it coming at you at once. And you just have to deal with it. Do your best. Keep your head down. Try to get the food out. But, you know, we loved it and kept coming back for more. But, but I mean, Rock Hill would be the first days of us being big, because even the food truck Friday at Rock Hill, absolutely crazy, crazy. But, you know, it, it always it's always, we were way out the end of the day, like, did we get more good responses than bad? Yeah? All right, then we're good. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we got a couple of, like, bad responses in the beginning. Um, most of the stuff was on wait time. And, you know, I would feel good because it's like, I have a one-star review, and this person is trashing our truck, <laughs> trashing how long they waited. But they're like, but the food's good. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, <laughs> I feel okay, man. But, you know, after we worked through the kinks of getting the food off the truck a little faster, you know, things started flowing better for us. And uh, even to this day, you know, we get such an influx of people at one time, it's still difficult for two cooks to get it off fast. With us priding ourselves and cooking food somewhat fresh to order, you know, and
0: you make everything from scratch on yeah. the on the truck. So, yeah. talk about the French fry process. So, how'd you come up with the? Because there's <laughs> lots of there's like a thousand different ways you could do a French yes, fry. Yes, yeah, really. So, how'd you come up with your with your? They're basically uh, like, what would you say, like a quarter of an inch thick? Um, probably, like, yeah, yeah, like and they're pretty long. So basically, you, you're slicing. Um, um,
1: we we get a pretty good sized potato, um, and that and that's to make sure you know it fills the boat with you know not a bunch of little small pieces, of, you know. Yeah,
0: because uh, they're nice and long, yeah, and and they're so, not they're thick, but they're not too thick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because we started off with a different size, and it was much thicker, and didn't stay crisp. Like almost like a steak fry? Yeah, yeah, it was big. And we had a different technique in our early days. We were doing something crazy. We were were actually, we would cut the fries. They were a little thick. And we would dredge them in cornstarch and water, like a slurry. So we were trying to get like that little crisp batter on the outside of the fry. And to a degree it worked, but just not for a heavy bulk. You know, we're doing a very small event. Yeah, that works, but not for the pace that we needed. But that was us doing, trying to be different, do like, we were just cut the fries, soak them in water, and then dredge them. But now, you know, we switched to like a different technique of cutting them a little thinner or a little skinnier and blanching them. So pre-cooking them at a lower temperature. And then cooling them completely, and then refrying them again at a higher temperature, and that was getting them nice and crisp, and that that's just the quality that we were looking for. And it was a, you know, it's a standard technique, and it's a technique I used to do um, in the Mediterranean restaurants. We used to have to do, we used to cut them like Lincoln log size. They were big potatoes, but we used to cut them like that. Do the same technique. And I was just like, it just hit me one day. I was like, hey, I used to do the fries like that. <laughs> Why don't I just do that now? So once we started doing that, things were flew at it for us. So that's how we've done it ever since. Some people do a different technique. You know, a lot of people steam them. Some people boil fries. Like People do all types of things to try to get it done mass or bulk quick. But we would rather just take a little bit extra time to do it how we do it. And it, it comes out. And it's good. good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Okay. So talk about in the early days, what's some of the craziest like toppings, flavors that you <laughs> did that like didn't work out?
1: Oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, when we were talking off air before, I told you about the uh, Oreo cream potato yeah. fry. Um, <laughs> just weird. I, I don't know. <laughs> we we some at, at one point, we started priding ourselves in being weird. And just thinking, you know, this is gonna get us noticed. Let's just do something crazy. So, you know, we, you know, we had the uh, the bacon cheeseburgers and the Krispy Kreme donuts. We did that, and that was a big hit when we first started doing that. We've done red velvet biscuits with fried chicken. Oh, with that actually sounds really uh, good. Chocolate cream cheese on the fried chicken. <laughs> it was just so much. This just sounds weird. When I think about it now, but we sold a few orders and we felt good about it. <laughs> but but uh I don't know how much it really worked, but just the shock of it, a lot of people would just order it. But uh we that's been it. And most mostly what we've done is stick. Uh we still try to do stuff outside of the box. We do specials every week. If a special gravitates to people, it'll get added to the menu. Yeah. So what's a special they got add to the um, menu? We do a lobster mac and cheese on top of the fries. Yeah, I, I saw a ton of people ordering <laughs> yeah. that. I think that yeah. was the
0: first one to sell out. That oh, was long yeah, gone yeah. by the time we got That's there. A,
1: <laughs> that that became a favorite. You know, we used to like be against it. You know, like everybody does lobster mac and cheese. Like everywhere you turn, lobster mac and cheese. And we wanted to just stay away from that. But one day we just had. We already had done mac and cheese burgers before. But one day we just had and we had an event and we were just like, you know, what what can we do? Let's get some seafood for this event, you know. People always get the shrimp or we sell out. If we get any other type of seafood, we've done, you know, fried oysters on fries, sales out. So like, what else can we grab? And then we saw the saw the lobster there and was like, you know, all right, let's just try the lobster. And then we we started off, uh, at first we were doing lobster fritters. And we were doing like, a, when you go to the Asian restaurants, you get crab rangoon. Yeah. So we had those. lobster rangoons is what we were doing. So we had the cream cheese, lobster, and we would fry them, put them on top of fries, a little sauce on it. And that was a hit. And then, But it was very strenuous to do. You know, it's taking a lobster and forming it, balling it, breading it, egg wash. It was strenuous to do the amount that we need because, you know, we would sit there and spend an hour on doing it, but only have about 10 orders. And it's like you sell out so fast. So we would buy this lobster and we were like, what can we do with this lobster other than that long, tedious process? And it was like, let's just put it on top of fries. <laughs> and then first I was like, let's just douse it with some cheese Cheesy lobster, let's do it. And then we were like, oh, uh, why don't we just add mac and cheese? To it? You know, because it's kind of playing with just the cheese. So then we just started doing it, and first day it just sold like crazy. And then a couple of people would share the pictures online, and then everyone's like, when you going to have that again? When are you going to have that again? So now it's like we can't even go out without having it because people are going to have a riot. So we just added it to our menu, and it's – it surpassed our other top seller because steak and shrimp, hibachi fry was yeah. our top seller. But yes. the lobster has moved ahead of that.
0: Okay, so like people need to know that you take the lobster, you get actual lobsters, like yeah, you posted yeah. it on your. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we saw it and there's a beautiful blue lobster. God, <laughs> God rest its soul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you take the lobster and make the meat. You're not buying the meat, like, out of already pre-cut and blah, blah, blah. You're taking See, that. What we,
1: what we actually do is we do both ways sometimes. We, we do get the lobster, but we, get a, we make sure we get real lobster meat. Like, that was a big thing. We don't want to get imitation at all. Yeah. So we, we spend a little extra money with the uh with the chef's uh you're getting the real chef. yeah with you know US foods we we're making sure we are getting a whole case of real knuckle lobster knuckle and claw meat so it's big clumps and then we you know we can do the uh the lobster the whole lobsters and you know, we're pulling pieces out so we can get a little more body to it but you know we just want to make sure you know just want to show people that this is real, because at first we, we would be tearing it up. We we're like, no, leave leave the big chunks so they can see that it is real. Yeah. So that's a big thing for us because people be like, why am I paying this much money? It was imitations. We just don't want, want to cut out any thoughts of it being imitation lobster. You know, yes,
0: yeah. no imitation. Yeah, yeah, it's real. Real, real yeah. guys. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but it the, takes
1: a little bit extra, but it you know it pays off in the end. Though.
0: Yeah, I love the way you do the hibachi steak and shrimp because it reminds (laughs) you of, like, when you would go. There used to be one in Rock Hill called – I don't even remember what it was called. But they they just got rid of it. Like, it just closed down. It was there for, like, 30 years. And just, like, that that shrimp sauce is, like,
1: (laughs) the best. You put that on – it goes so well with fries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. People get it. They don't even get the hibachi. They just want the sauce for just any other fry because it's just – You know, it's just our top-selling dipping sauce now. So, you know, we started with, uh, we had a lot of dipping sauces. We've had banana ketchup. We had blackberry ketchup, sriracha ketchup, just all types of different sauces. And we kind of weeded through, like, which ones people were even interested in. And it's always the yum-yum sauce, you know, the shrimp sauce. That's just the top one that people want all day. So, it's a... it's it's a good one for us. Sometimes we bottle it up and sell it to people. You know, we'll sell a bottle. We've been trying to get it into stores because oh. we make it every day. So that's that's our next thing, uh, something probably that we can do before brick and mortar is at least try to get something in stores. So that's our next thing that we're trying to do. That's I love good, it. That and Some our Some What the season. Fries Yum Yum. Yeah. yeah. That's uh Okay. <laughs> Before we get off
0: the food truck, so so you've got the fries. You, you, there's like four or five different options you have every night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You got a burger, yeah, that you can have. You got weens. yeah, and you've yep. got the tater tot. <laughs> well, you have tater tots straight up, which are delicious as well. Oh, yeah. um, they were sold out. I was very disappointed <laughs> about that. But then you have the bread pudding tater tots. Yes. So yeah. So tell us. So tell us how you came up with the bread pudding tater tots. Uh, the
1: bread pudding that was. Uh, that was from doing some caterings and having bread pudding left over, pushed into a pan. It's rock hard, solid, cold, and we're just like we went straight to a food truck event that night and we were it was a food truck Friday, I believe uh Matthews, uh Stump Town Park. And I just remember uh we were sitting there like, how can we sell this? So our first order we attempted cutting out pieces and putting it on a flat top, heating it through. That's taking way too long. And, you know, we got burgers and stuff we're trying to cook there. So, you know, then we're like, why don't we just fry it, you know, deep fried bread pudding. And then so we would do that and saw how it would come out, tasted it. And, you know, we're not, it's not too greasy. It's not too heavy. You know, it's actually working because it's has to be ice cold. Coming out of the cooler and set, so it was working, and um, so we sold. We sold out that night. It was uh, blueberry bread pudding, and we sold out that night. And then we had people always comment, say, "When you guys gonna do that bread pudding again?" So we decided to try it again. Sold out. So then we were just like, you know, we always got bread left from our uh, our bu- our burgers because we get uh buns from dukes so we get the buns from dukes they're fresh baked buns so you know they kind of if they sit around too long they're losing a little bit of luster so instead of tossing it you know we're just like why don't we just gather up bread wait until this point make another bread pudding we did it and we just kept doing it and you know we didn't want to stick with one flavor so we just made a thing where it's like a rotating thing on a truck to where two to three times a week, we'll have a different flavor of the bread pudding. So it just became successful and gave us another thing to have because, you know, we did want something that was a sweet item on the truck or a dessert. And we at first we did pita fries because, you know, it just all played into our thing. We would cut pita thin, deep-fried, crispy, and then toss it with uh, cinnamon and, oh. and sugar. And, you know, Yeah. We would drizzle it with a salt with a... Your glaze glazed, but um, that sold well, but the bread pudding just sold a whole lot more than that. And we call it tots just because it resembled our regular tots that we do. Cause we, so we cut them in the same blocks how we do, fry it, stack them up, and, you know, it's just been a hit for us. People ask for it every week, so we just keep doing it.
0: They do awesome flavors. So on Friday, you had milk and cookies, and I missed it. (laughs) You had Fruity Pebbles this week, which was delicious. I've had the apple cinnamon ones, which were good. So they're all good. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing I want to talk about, too, like what's it like when it's 95 degrees outside, and (laughs) you're in the truck, and there's there's at least three people in that truck at one time. Yeah. And you've got the fryers going like... (laughs) How much water weight do you lose a weed? Oh man, we, we we're sweating. Cause yeah. you got to, I saw on Friday you had a nice bandana going. <laughs> yeah. You look like a ninja warrior. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we have we have to keep some I used to in the winter time, you know, I prefer a hat, you know, because it just works. This is what I like, I'm comfortable in, but it doesn't work at all in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to wear a bandana or a sweatband, something, because you are gonna be Drenched in sweat, running in your face. The truck is about 120 degrees inside. We're drinking. You know, we buy cases of water to sell. We're we'll probably drinking half of that case. <laughs> you know, was, uh, the staff is drinking water. You know, we're moving nonstop, and it, it gets busy. But it's uh it's hot. <laughs> That's the first thing. I like, I can't ever get past that part. It it gets hot on the truck. Yeah, with our flat top and uh, fryers are cranked up to 350 so it gets hot back there so but we've gotten used to it now like a lot of people uh, can't understand how we're doing it but we've gotten used to it it's still hot but we've gotten used to it though
0: it's like a sauna and then you just like take a really cold ice bath after <laughs> yeah it all made sense oh yeah all right so so how the How'd you start Soul Food Sessions?
1: Well, to actually, tell people what Soul Food Sessions oh, yeah.
0: is, and then yeah, um, how you
1: or what soul the concept food is. is. Uh, it is right now at this point where it's at now. It is a nonprofit group of like-minded is centered around five of us African American chefs who, at one point, felt like the African American chef with high-end food was getting ignored or not getting heard on the level we wanted to with other chefs and we all got together um i knew uh mike and uh greg from us all being a part of the uh piedmont culinary guild so we would have little events you know sometimes greg would do like a little something this is greg collier collier yeah yeah, yeah. He would do something at the events, you know. I would go to him, and you know we do small talk. Yeah, man, what's up, what's up? Yeah, we gotta get together and do something. And then Mike, uh, Michael Boland, you know, he was on the Hot Box at the time, and I wanted to do the food truck, so I was always leaning on him for advice, you know. So I, I was talking to him more, calling him about things, and you know we would do the same, like, hey, we should get together and do something. So eventually. Enough talking and talking, we all were speaking online one day and said, you know, let, let's do this for real. And uh, Greg Collier, he had the new restaurant in Charlotte at dawn, so we had a place to do it at. And then um, I had my partner on the food truck, Greg Williams. And, you know, I said, you know, you you want to come and do this dinner with us? You know, it's, we're just gonna do a dinner. We we always get tired of cooking fries on the truck. Let's just all get <laughs> together and just do something. And then Mike knew Jamie Turner, the pastry chef. You know, he was like, you know, I got a pastry chef. She can do the dessert. Let me bring her on in. And so we all came together, hung out, discussed, you know, what we wanted to do for this dinner. And, you know, in some way or another it formed a name and things just started getting bigger. Uh, The tickets, tickets were moderate at first, but on the night of the dinner you know people were coming to the door and buying tickets and everyone was interested then when it was happening so we were like oh it is like a an interest in this you know and after we did the event and we would post pictures on social media and then everybody's like okay now I see what's happening when's the next one and we had never thought about there being (laughs) another one so we had a meeting all together and Then we were like, you know, let's let's do this again. Um, At the early stages, we had another chef, uh, Sam Dotsy. You know, she's moved to the West Coast now, but she came and did a few of them with us. And we were all we all just worked so good all together. We had fun. That was the biggest thing. It's big with Greg Collier. I know you know that. (laughs) Like he's just a ball of energy. You know, it's never anything. It's like when we're plating up. It was like hey, we need 10 plates, what is, you know, we need them quick. It's never no, hey, we need 10 plates now. It's, hey, guys, come on, let, let's do 10 plates. Let's everybody's grab one. <laughs> you know, it's just a different vibe, you know, when you're just doing this, it's fun. So it, that that just made us all, you know, we to, we would do one and just keep doing more, get, get asked to do another one, do another one. Once it started getting bigger, you know, we can't do it at his place. So we're moving to different restaurants, you know, heirloom and you know, it, it just started getting big and bigger and bigger. Um, Coca-Cola Consolidated Group reached out, said we'd like to do a small mini tour. So we're like, yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So we we got to go to D.C. and Baltimore and Charleston. And that was last summer. Yeah, 2018. And we did one here to kick it off. So that that, that was just great. You know, we are going to do another mini tour. We're just trying to get everything down packed on it but that was a good first outing for us you know it taught us a lot showed us what we need to know next time but it was it was good to be able to go other places and a big thing about us is we just uh, never wanted to be just us five chefs so it's always other chefs in the area that we're bringing in so you're trying to promote up-and-coming yeah. minority yes. chefs yes yeah. because every we had a christmas soul food sessions And it was like, we invited like six or seven other chefs to do a dish. You know, we did an all-female soul food session not too long ago. All-female African-American chefs and none of us cooked in it. You know, we just let them all feature. And that's the whole thing, like uh, going forward. You know, we don't always have to all of us be in a soul food session dinner. You know, we want it to be other people here and there. And the first focus of us was, of course, African-Americans. But, you know, we are wanting to branch out. You know, it, it will, you know, it, you know Hispanics, you know, Asians, you know, women, more women. So stuff like that because, you know, we like to be, you don't ever want to pigeonhole or come across as like some militant crew <laughs> like <this. laughs> Only us, nobody else. <laughs> so, you know, we, we want to, we always work with other people like uh, you know, Greg's always doing something. You know, I, I was honored to get asked to do the uh, steak and potatoes dinner. And, you know, Mike always does different dinners. So, you know, it's all of us branching out now. And that's exactly what we started the whole thing for, was to be able to branch out and be inclusive with everything. So, it's And then
0: fun. you're all, on September 13th, you're all going up to the James Beard House yes. and cooking.
1: Yes, and that, Which that is, all came about from... uh Greg Collier, you know his time at lofton Celia uh was nominated as james beard you know Southeast south uh east chef chef of the year or you yeah. know. Um, so that nomination put a lot you know put a bullseye right there like on him, and the way he is is you know everything that means something in him has to come falling in line with that, so you know. You know, I know him going in there and they're like, you know, Greg, let's let's I don't know this for sure, but you know, I'm just like he probably could have went in there and just did his own dinner. But then I'm like, you know, the way Greg is, he probably went in there and said, I want all of them. I want all my boys to be with me. Let's do the soul food session. So, you know, that's that's what's daring to me right now. So, you know, once he talked to us about because we, we had actually talked about James Beard before his nomination. We were like, you know, I think we're going to be able to do James Beard with this, man. We're getting noticed. We're doing this little mini tour. So I would like to say that Soul Session was already on their radar, and then his getting a nomination gave it a bigger stamp of approval, and I'm like, you know, we should move ahead with this Soul Food Session. Then. So how did he tell you you were going to go to the James Beard house? <laughs> um, we, we always have a... A Facebook chat with all of us in the thread and just one day it was just real casual it was like we going to the beard house y'all. God. <laughs> and then it, I had to look at it and I was like when you say we <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who do you mean is going to the beard house but uh but yeah it's was, it's was, it's was great it's great to to know that we all get to go and be recognized and cook there as a, as a group so and talk about the, the what you, your dish that you're cooking there? Um, we'll all do a past app, and my past app will be I'm going to make a brio from scratch, which I will cut into bite-sized little cubes, and it will be like a peanut butter and jelly play. So I'm going to make an oxtail marmalade, what I made previously, at a steak and potatoes. Dinner. Which was
0: delicious. <laughs> oh,
1: <yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so I'll make the marmalade, and then I'm going to have a, uh, a cashew butter. So I'll just kind of layer that on top of the burritos. So it can be a one-bite thing and just walk with it. And, uh, the actual dish that I'm going to do is a, uh, vegetarian course. It's not vegan, but it's veg- vegetarian. No meat on it. And it's going to be, a. Uh, what am I doing? I have so many. I put down like so many different things, and I've. You said it smoked peaches. Yeah, it's a, a, a warm farro salad. Yeah. So I'm gonna have a farro salad, maybe toss in some arugula, and then I'll do some South Carolina smoked peaches, layer them on the plate as well, and a sweet tea vinaigrette. Yeah, um, that sounds delicious. I've been playing around with that vinaigrette for a long time, so it's something I like to. Do every once in a while, but it all tied together. And um, I'm going to do like these little crisps that I'm going to make out of uh, mustard greens. Oh. It's a little, it's a drawn out technique, but. I love it's mustard worth greens it. are like, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think my yeah.
0: favorite mustard in general. Like that's, yeah. I just eat that all day. <laughs> and
1: mustard greens, like the little spice you get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. So it, it's going to be cool. It's, the mustard green technique would be like a. Uh, I did a lot of research and reading these people that were making a, uh, like vegan, pork rinds essentially, and it's just like a whole thing of tapioca flour purees, drying it out and then frying it. So, I'll be making that. That sounds <laughs> amazing. If yeah, you need so, to test that out, oh yeah, we we <laughs> may be trying it out on the truck a few times. So, I, well, if I'll that happens, you, know, you have to let me know. Yeah, oh I'll yeah. drive for that. <laughs> that sounds
0: amazing. Alright, so a couple things we do with all the guests. Where else do you like to eat around right. Charlotte when you're not at the food truck?
1: Um I would say a food truck is always dumpling lady. I love that. I love it. <laughs> um the dumplings, the noodles, is all spicy as hell, but you know, I, I love yeah. it. <laughs> um we like, uh, I always stick with the theme of Fooja because, you know, we always, we never have a lot of time to sit down. So it's, uh, the Halal carts uptown. Yes. Those are great. Uh, as far as sit down restaurants, um, my wife and the kids, we do like the Big View Diner. They love walking in and seeing all the desserts. and, <laughs> and just, It's so much on the menu. So that's a good place. Um. There's a plate I haven't got to try yet, but I, I'm on Instagram every day and I'm like, we got to go to uh, Haberdish. Haberdish. Oh, you haven't been to Haberdish no, yet? To oh, my God, you have to go there. So, uh, my birthday is coming up soon, so I'm thinking that's going to be the birthday dinner. So, yeah. Sure, I'm going to love everything. I've been looking at the pictures and talking to people that's been there. So, that's yeah, you'll like it there. <laughs> the place is good. Yeah. All right. Last thing
0: before we talk about where we can find you everywhere. What's oh, yeah. the what's the best thing you ate this
1: week? This week? Hmm. <laughs> oh, man. It's been a busy week. Hasn't been a lot of eating. Not eating anything worth it. <laughs> um, well, it's okay. Uh, Dred Collier's wife,
0: Sabrina, she said uh it was like store-bought, Briar's ice cream <laughs> So it can be anything <laughs> <laughs> Anything um, goes
1: Actually I, I did I, I had Dumplin' Lady Friday night at, the, at Resident Culture We had the uh, Chicken and shrimp dumplings. So that would be The best thing I ate This week
0: yeah, those are good. Yeah. Yvonne got—so I got the the steak and cheese fries from you guys. Oh, yeah. And she wanted the wings, but they were sold out. So she went to Dumpling Lady and got the spicy pork dumplings, mm-hmm. and it was 95 degrees outside. <laughs> they were so good, but I thought I was going to, like, pass oh, out. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I love the the pork belly dumplings, but they always sell out from her. But the chicken and shrimp is pretty good, too.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a good – that's like a – and you guys are, like, facing each other. So you're just kind of, like, eyeing each other across the hall. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for the other cards because there was, like, nobody in their lines. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. All right. So tell us where we can find you on – let's start with What the Fries. So you're on Instagram. Yes. Is what the fries Charlotte C L T.
1: Yeah, all one word, what the fries C L T. That's the Instagram. And um and then my personal page is uh J Barnes, the letter J, J Barnes seven five seven. And that's uh
0: he's always yeah. posting good stuff on Instagram. Yeah,
1: yeah. so I post uh, mostly food on my personal page. Well, most of the food is on What the Fries page, but I post like non French fry food mostly on my page. And family, and I love hip hop, so I post a lot of music on my page. So, but and if you, and on the What
0: the Fries Instagram, they post where they're
1: going to be that week. Yes, we put our so schedule you can see where you're going to be every Sunday. We put our whole week schedule, but also on uh, our website we put our whole month. And that's What there. the Fries.
0: Yeah, same thing. What the fries dot com. Yep. And then Soul Food Session. How do we find out when there's an upcoming
1: event um, there? Um, Usually probably checking the uh, Facebook. Uh, that's the one that's going to get the most updates and stuff there. So everyone
0: follow them on Facebook because yeah. they're doing cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, and they're the yeah. be- some of the best sh- chefs in Charlotte. I mean, <laughs> you're going to leave. You're going to need a nap after. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> but it's so good. Um, and then I think that's, I think that's it. So that was awesome. You can go to Carowinds now with your family. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sweat out there for a few hours. To tired. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say? Um, I do. Uh, I do have a uh, some. You know, we do different things on our own, other than Soul Food Session. And um, I recently did a Wu Tang dinner, where it was themed around making your dishes kind of play off the theme of the members of the Wu Tang Clan. Our next dinner will be September as well, and it will be themed around Outcast. Oh, this time. So that one will be coming up soon. And, and these are all at Camp North End? Yes. Okay. So how
0: do we find out? Uh, how do we buy
1: tickets for those? We should be starting to speak on it more maybe uh, next month. So in August, we'll start getting tickets. And I think they were saying August 1st, we're going to start okay, talking cool. about tickets and all of that. And we'll make sure we link that on oh, Sky yeah. and Pancake. So we got oh, that. and I, f- I
0: forgot to say it, too. You said that you're looking at a brick-and-mortar place. Oh, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, we are. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to Ian Wetzel. He is a guy that is helping us out, trying to find something for us. I know we're real picky. We need so much. And, but, uh, he's <laughs> well, you've <trying> got to find <laughs> the right
0: space. You, <laughs> yeah. you,
1: you can't go into yeah. the wrong space because yeah. that's, that's Definitely. expensive. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. It is expensive. But uh, we're trying to find something small and something that can get the job done for us. So that should be soon. So that'll be exciting. You said you're looking around Fort Mill
0: Lake Wiley area. Yes, that's where you, yes. you That would be live. ideal. That would be ideal for us now that we just moved to Rock <laughs> Hill, too. And yeah. you do come to Last Group every Tuesday, which yes. is at Kingsley. Oh, yeah. So if you're in South Charlotte, that's a great place to go. And you're at, you are at come to Domtar, too, sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then you're at, you're normally, are you at Resident Culture most Fridays now? Um,
1: now we are going to be doing a lot more Fridays. So we're going to be there actually this Monday, too, for the first time on a Monday. And we're doing a trivia night there. So we'll be the only show oh. there tomorrow. Oh, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Okay. We'll be there so, so
0: come do trivia night tomorrow yeah. and uh, come there on Friday. So if, like that's a great, because normally you do lunches. Yeah. But if you're a Friday night, great place to get one of oh, the yeah. fries. <laughs> yeah. And uh, definitely follow him. He's the man. <laughs> Thank and uh, we gave you a gift card. I don't know if you saw it already to Mama Fuku because I fucked up last week. Oh, I week. didn't see that. But we want you to go there and enjoy. I talked about it last week, off okay. air. But have a great time in New York. With don't get in too much trouble now. Oh no! <laughs> if Dread at like two a.m. is like, hey, you want to come to Staten Island? <laughs> That's when you say no.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there with my wife too. So she'll keep me in line. Well,
0: you got to you got to keep her in line yeah. too. <laughs> But thank you so much for coming and uh we'll see you on the food truck soon. Oh yeah, thank you.